this out. Okay, well, welcome to the podcast today, the Foundations Podcast. I'm here and with Pastor Paul Vincent, and we're here to uh, talk about the what we've been talking about over the past few weeks is the fivefold ministry, and uh, talking about the different offices slash ministries that people have, and that the Bible brings out here in Ephesians four eleven. Going to go ahead and read that verse again. And uh, good morning, Paul, uh, Pastor Paul. Uh, good morning, Steve. Good morning. All righty. So we're going to uh, get going here. And he says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of, the, of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to be uh, or to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking truth and love may grow up in all things into him who is the head Christ. Now, I read this out of the the New King James Version <clears throat> this week. And, uh, and I, I like how it says that we all grow up in all things. In other words, we need to grow up, which is uh, interesting. But, uh, okay, we are on the fourth one. We talked last week about evangelists. Now, this week we're talking about pastors. Pastors. Now, Pastor Paul, you are a pastor, okay? And uh, you're our pastor, and... Uh, and uh, uh, but uh, this, is, this is gonna be some good stuff here. Uh, Ken, okay, I'm going to ask you the question right off the bat. What is a pastor? Well, Steve, uh, a pastor, according to the you know the biblical account, at least as Paul wrote uh, to Timothy and uh, Titus, there is uh, an elder, an overseer, mm -hmm. um, and uh, and he's put in the local church to to do one primary thing: to shepherd the uh to the to the church the local body yeah. and when we say shepherd what do we mean by that well what does a shepherd do a shepherd uh, feeds the flock uh he leads them into pastures where they can eat and stuff like that and he's also there to uh to protect them from wolves and you know the things that would try to kill them mm -hmm. and so in that sense that's what a pastor <clears throat> is doing he's He's there to provide the environment where people can come and they can be fed. They can be ministered to God's word. They can, you know, they can grow up. They can be equipped. Yeah. And um, and, uh, and and he's also there to protect them. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I, you know, and now there's speaking. You know, dig, dig a little deep in the uh, protection. What are you protecting uh, these people from? Well, I mean, when we say protection, I, I think that's. We don't want to sound too mystical here. No. Anything of that nature. But but a pastor should pray for his people. Sure. And absolutely. We, we don't believe in prayer just for the sake of praying. Mm -hmm. There's purposes for it. Okay. Um, you know, um, but, you know, there's, so there's protection there. You know, Paul, uh, some of the famous prayers and some of the uh, epistles that he gave, uh, especially in Ephesians and um and in Colossians, I mean, well, actually a few more, but I mean, there's specific prayers I and mean, there's beautiful prayers that, um, and in that sense, uh, that is a protection mm -hmm. uh, for the flock, but it's more than just that. It's also a protection from people who would come in and cause division. They would come in and, and they would seek to, uh, well, you know, absurd, you know, 
Okay. The, the whole entire church. And, you know, right off the bat, when you say something like that, what what comes to mind is, is that when a, as a pastor, say you're, you're you're leading a local body, you have a church, we have the church here, whatever, and <clears throat> you get calls, and I'm sure that most pastors out there get calls from individuals who want to come and speak. Yes. To the congregation. And you are, you know, I'm a programmer, so I'm, I'm going to use a, a, a comparison. We call it a firewall. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And in other words, what is a firewall? A firewall protects your computer from viruses getting into your computer. And so it's supposed to be the frontline protection from the internet, say, internet or other people that are trying to invade and try to messing with your computer. Now you as the pastor have to be the firewall for the church in that you have to protect others that would come in and mess or try to bring a virus or whatever. I'm doing doing it in an analogy, right? Um, So if you have some guy that calls you up who wants to teach about Mormonism and he wants to wants to sh- tell everybody they need to become Mormons, or and I'm sorry, I'm going to call it out. You know, I mean, or a different cultic type of situation, uh, or have some weird, wacky theology. You're the one that's going to need to protect. You're the one who has to protect your people from that. Yes, and uh, and you know, and, and can I say this? Mm-hmm. It that's not a hard thing to do. Uh, because generally, you know, and, and it can be much more subtle than, say, Mormonism or mm-hmm. maybe somebody's a Jehovah Witness or whatever. Mm-hmm. Not that I've ever had any of those people ever want to come and preach mm-hmm. here, but um, I've had what I would consider people that uh, just a little too shady for me. Okay. And uh, and there's no way that I would, you know, have them come. And I'm always gracious to people like that. I just let them know our, you know, our schedule's just full. We don't have opportunity to do that. Sure. You know, because I'm very selective on who I allow to preach behind the pulpit. I'm very selective. Right. Uh, for that reason, because uh, I have been burned in the past. Oh yeah. Uh, but but to me, a bigger thing for any pastor, I don't care who it is, and. And that's why, if you know, if you're listening to this, and no matter where you're at, you're a part of a local church. Mm-hmm. Um, your pastor has a great responsibility. He's called to watch over your souls, according yes. to Scripture, that in that, that that he give a good account on, on behalf of you, which is it's to your advantage that he can do that. Yeah. Okay. So uh, for me, uh, the advent of YouTube. Okay. And uh, especially those who claim to be some form of the fivefold ministry, mm-hmm. we got gobs of people on, you know, and and our, you know, our church members. What they do is they listen to these people. Now, some of these people are really good. I mean, I'm not saying they're all that, but uh, but some of them have questionable theology, and and that in itself. The reason I, that that crossed my mind is when you talk about a firewall to protect yeah. against viruses. It's amazing how many things can affect a local church that come through the via the internet Yeah. with what we're reading or what we're watching. I'll give you an example. We had a gentleman that came to this church a, a number of years ago, and he was so obsessed with the fact that he thought that people had kept certain books out of the Bible. Okay. And... Uh, and you know, and he was, and of course, he had these theories about Constantine and mm-hmm. and all. It's amazing the kind of ignorance of church history that people have. But and so you try to be very kind. And I would go out and eat periodically with this gentleman, uh, me and another uh, one of the deacons in the church, uh, Glenn Hawks. Yeah. And uh, anyway, and we really tried to help him. We really did. And uh, and and eventually, I just had to get very very uh, upfront with him and tell him to quit going on the internet and reading all this garbage. I said, it's all false information. I gave him the history of the textual transmission Mm -hmm. of the New Testament. And because that was the arguments never over the Old Testament, it's always over the New Testament. That's, you know, if there's going to be something like (laughs) Gnostic Gospels or whatever, it's always going to be about the New Testament. Yeah. 
Uh, and, uh, and, you know, and I gave him the textual transmission of that. I took him all the way back, assured him that the Council of Nicaea had nothing to do with, uh, you know, saying this is the Bible. The Bible, it was already, the New Testament was already well established in all local churches. Yeah. All they did was affirm what the church was already viewing as scripture. Mm -hmm. That's all they did. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and I, and so, you know, you had to be straight with him. Yeah, you, had, you, had, you ended up and, having and to... And I told him some things he needed to do. And I yeah. said, and, and I finally, well, I had to quit going out and eat with him because it, it just, it gets down, it degraded well, itself it, it, into it, well, this paranoia. If the person is not accepting the counsel yeah. that you're giving them. And make no mistake, we're not talking about after two times we went out to eat. Yeah, no. We're talking about probably over a course of two years. Yeah. And uh, and we're going out at least once every six weeks mm -hmm. over a yeah about two year period. Wow. And finally, I just said, look, if you're not going to listen to what I'm saying to you, and you're not going to do the simple things you need to do to walk with God, uh, then you know there's no reason for us to go out anymore. I wouldn't try to be dictatorial with him, mm -hmm. uh, but you know I gave him some basic stuff like read the Bible. <laughs> yeah, you know, some simple <laughs> yeah, things, the Bible. you know, yeah. I mean, it would really, really help you out to it. But, but like I said, uh, but he got infected by what he saw on the <clears> internet. <throat> and, and then the truth is the internet is a wonderful thing, but I guarantee you, you can find every quack, every nut, every flake in the world. Oh, on there. Oh, whether absolutely. Whether it's YouTube or articles or blogs or whatever. It's just given them a platform yes. or even a bigger platform to spread the, the news. And the Bible, you know, when, I, when Jesus says that, when they talk to him about the last days, the, the very first thing he says, make sure that you're not deceived. Don't be yeah. deceived. And I think as the internet, the internet can be, like I said, it can be a two-edged sword. It can be a blessing and a curse. Yes. Because it's good for for sound doctrine and that to be spreading the gospel and all that. However, when it comes to uh, uh, the whack jobs, the wacky theology and all that, that stuff's going to be spreading in, in mass quantity yes. on the internet. And yeah, and then and the thing is, is though, so the pastor, I mean, <clears throat> the way I look at the pastor is he has huge amount of responsibility, yet he's the most unappreciated, or he or she, I'm not, is the most unappreciated. Well, and that's not a negative thing. You know, one, no. The reason why I say that is because a pastor should not have his hand in every piece of the pie. No, a micromanager uh, that that drives people crazy. I, no. When I'm with people that are like that, it's just like, ooh, would they leave me yeah. alone? You know. And uh, so I mean, <laughs> Up you know, everything and that by you're the doing, way, when, you, when we're talking about you know, pastor being like a shepherd, uh, just like a regular shepherd, if he had a large herd of sheep, mm -hmm. he's going to have all kinds of under shepherds. He's going to have a lot of help in that yeah. protection detail, and, and, and in a church. Uh, you know, and a pastor, he's he's going to have people involved with worship, children's ministry, men's yes, ministry, yes, yes. Uh, you know, women, women's ministry, uh, youth, uh, singles. You know, we have all those kind of things going on here, and we have leaders over all those ministries, mm -hmm. and I give them a wide berth as yeah. far as latitude because all of those people, I know what their theology is. Yes. I know where they're adding character. And I trust them, and I I wouldn't have them there if I didn't trust them. Yeah. And uh, and, and so you know, at that point, the only time they come to me is when they have a question. Yeah. And, and so that's what you know. Which is good. good. Or if that's I have something I want to emphasize in the church, and I say, yeah. Hey, look, could y'all put a little plug on for this because this is something we want to do in the future, and could y'all kind of help us, and we kind of game plan around it, and sure, and that way we're all saying kind of the same thing, you know. And, uh, and and so you know that that's why we have leaders in the church. Mm -hmm. So okay, and yes, that 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 that's good. We're going to go kind of roll into that a little bit more in just a little bit. But what I want to do today is that we want to go ahead and take us speak out to the qualifications of a pastor because the Bible is very specific. And out of, I think this is, what is this, First Timothy 3? Yeah, First Timothy 3. And it talks very specifically. It, it uses the term bishop, 
uh, there's many terms that, a few terms that are used. Bishop, overseer, elder, elder uh, yeah, that type of thing for the pastor. But let's read this. And pastor, why don't you go ahead and read this to us in uh, verse uh, chapter 3, beginning at the first verse there, about the different qualifications okay. of the, uh, the pastor. And, uh, you know, and also make mention that in Titus 1, he deals with kind of a similar thing mm -hmm. there. But, yeah, I think for the sake of time, we'll just stay over here in Timothy because Paul wrote both of them. Okay. And I think that'll help us. And uh, and so we get to chapter 3, and I'm, I'm <coughs> reading this out of the New American Standard here. And, uh, and it says, it is a trustworthy uh, statement if any man aspires to the office of an overseer. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a fine work he desires to do, an overseer. So, and, and not to be technical, but there are two different Greek words being used here. Yeah. We won't get into that. But the issue there is, you know, some will translate this as a bishop. Mm -hmm. And then the other one will translate it as, uh, you know, an overseer. So they can be used interchangeably. Uh, but so, so he said, overseer, there must be above reproach, a husband of one wife and uh, temperate. Uh, prudent, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not addicted to wine or pugnacious. In other words, he's not a quarrel. Yeah. You know, argue, anyway. Yeah. But but gentle, peace, peaceable, free from the love of money. He must be one who manages his own household well, keeping his children under control with all dignity. But if a man does not know how to manage his own household, how we take care of the church of God, and mm -hmm. he should not be a new convert. Uh, so that he will not become conceited, and and uh, and I, the New American says following the condemnation. I like the uh, New King James where it says following the snare of the devil. Yeah. Uh, and um, and 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 anyway, and he must have a good reputation with those outside the church, so that he will not fall into reproach. Actually, I'm sorry, it does use the snare of the devil. I got ahead of myself. Yeah. And the snare of the devil. Yeah. And uh, from there he gets into deacons and their qualifications. By the way, the the qualifications of the deacons are really similar. Yeah. yeah a little, a few yeah. different things. A few but, different things. But okay, so let's let's take a look at these qualifications. We have a little list here that we're taking a look at. Above reproach, in other, in other words, somebody, you know, above reproach, what does that mean? Well, it means he's got character. Okay, he has um, Yeah, it doesn't mean perfection because anybody can be criticized. Sure. Uh, but, but he must be above reproach. I mean, there shouldn't be anything that is morally wrong in his life, mm -hmm. you know, uh, Which it, that kind of leads into the next one. It says you must have one wife and be faithful to her. I'm uh, uh, I'm kind of reading out of another yeah, flow this, here. Yeah. yeah, this is from the online Bible, or yeah. outline Bible, I outline, should say, yeah. that we have. Yeah, but yeah, and and you know, by the way, this was a big issue in a lot of Pentecostal churches as to the interpretation of what it meant to be the husband of one wife. Mm -hmm. Was that a, a reference to polygamy? Or was that a reference to uh, divorce and, and remarriage? remarriage? And uh, I, I think by now most people understand that Paul was not talking about divorce here. He was talking about being faithful to the person you were married, and you should not be married to more than one person. Yeah. It's a polygamy issue. Yeah, pol that, polygamy, yeah. and you shouldn't be running off with the secretary. Right, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. you shouldn't be doing that. I mean, you can't be married to your wife and have someone on the side. Uh, yeah. Yeah, you know, that's, that's yeah, God's yeah, not good You know, I, I threw that in there because, I, I mean, I, I, can, I, can, I can give you instances over the years that individuals we have uh, seen. Uh, anyway, he must be temperate. Okay, and, and this talks about, uh, this, I think the New King, G, uh, New King James said, uh, good behavior, temperate. There, the word temperate, yeah. Sober-minded. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Good behavior, hospitable, able to teach. Okay, let, let's just take, you, you know, I see some of this, and I see that there has to be a temperate. There, um, <clears throat> to be a pastor, to me, this speaks out and says that you have to be, a, you have to be of a certain caliber when it comes to your, um, you know, being patient with people, yes. being able to talk with people decently. 
uh, handling people in, a, in, a, in one way, not being mean or you know, vindictive or, or anything else like that. And you have to be a people person. That's yeah, yeah, you got to like people. I mean, I, I have met people that are in the office of a pastor, but as far as I'm concerned, they're either poor, poorly trained or they just simply should have never been there. Yeah. One of the two. I, 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 that's between them and God. But I know I have some quote-unquote pastor friends that uh, they appear to be patient. And then what happens is when they finally reach their overload position, they'll scream at you. Oh, yeah. I, I You know, I've had, uh, <clears throat> I've had people call me on the phone and tell me what they're, and these are people I know. These are not quacks. These are not troublemakers. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about people I know, people I have previously pastored. Yeah. And call me and tell me what happened. And, of course, I'm like, I, I, you know, I, you don't want to speak against a pastor. I don't want to yeah. anything like that. And just, you know, I, normally what I do, because, you know, if you, you get a call and say, the pastor screamed at me. I mean, screamed at me, mm-hmm. you know and uh, raised his voice. I mean, they were very clear and just lost control, got mad. Yeah. And uh, and it's sort of like, wow, you know, I, I don't know how to respond to that because that should never happen. No. No, you, you know, they, they have to be temperate. Yeah. Temperate. Yeah, you got it's self-control. You got self-control, it. respectable. Well, yeah. You, you can't get mad every time. A pastor cannot get mad every time someone disagrees with them or maybe they have a question about what he did or what he said. I mean, I'm I'm an expert at butchering the English language from time to time. Mm-hmm. has to do with being raised in Texas all my life. And uh, some, some things just don't always, you know, I don't pronounce them. Uh, recently, someone brought up the, I, the, I almost said it, brought up the issue of uh, the difference between idea or ideal. Okay. And I was using them kind of inner. Yeah. Anyway, I, <clears throat> you say, well, that's silly. Well, it's not silly. Because you do want to speak well. You, you want to use the right concepts when you talk. Yeah. And the right words. And so that, that you know, that bothered somebody. And I'm an educated man, but that doesn't mean I can speak and know perfectly. And it doesn't mean that I know everything. Okay. So. <laughs> well, like, you know, in that, when we, we talk about being a people person, when you're being a people person, you have to be able to handle people well, oh, yeah. especially the difficult ones, especially the ones who can come up and and uh, they can be trying yes and i'm sure i I'm, I'm sure you've dealt with a lot of trying individuals in your time yes yes i have I, I tell you one of the hardest things to do as it relates to this yeah is dealing with uh you know leaders in the church yeah and uh and having to uh well when you're forced to deal with something Oh yeah. Uh, if you got a moral failure, mm-hmm. uh, if you have, um, well, you you have issues of unfaithfulness. Okay. You know, and and and, and things of that nature, uh, and you know, and I've had to sit down with leaders. I mean, one on one, and talk about it. You know, and, and when I do it, I'm never mean. I'm never, you know, I don't do that. Mm-hmm. I always look at if I if I'm in a, in a what I call the nuclear. Uh, option yeah you know it's either change either we're gonna either they're gonna change or we're gonna have to make a change you know mm-hmm. the nuclear option sure i mean that's that's after we've exhausted a bunch of stuff before we get there of course but but when we get there and i'll always preface what i'm going to say to them and i'll say something like this we're gonna have to speak to the issue whatever the issue is i'll be up front this is what we're going to talk about okay and i want you to know up front i want you to be a leader, yeah. And I'll talk about whatever they do. I want you to do that. Mm-hmm. If I did not, I would not be talking to you. I would just get rid of you. Yeah. I wouldn't even waste my time. Sure. And I said, so I want you to do what's right. Okay. And then talk to them about what that means and what that, and then assure them that if we have to come back again, it will be we'll make a change. Yeah. Uh, so, so, I, so I always look at the seriousness of it, mm-hmm. but I'm always trying to deflect as much as possible. And, you know, and I can honestly say that out of that, 
I've only had about 1% or maybe even less than 1% of people who just said, well, you know what? I ain't going to do it and leave. Yeah. Most people will respond if a pastor respond if they approach the situation with temperance. Yes. With yeah. temperance. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Let's, let's move along here. He says, not given to wine, uh, not violent, not greedy for money. Oh, do I have some stories anyway? And of course not here, but I mean, uh, we've, uh, you know, I, I know we've known a pastor who felt that his uh, church was going to be his, re I'm going to retire at this, man. This is, you know, this is, the, that was their private piggy bank. Yeah. And that's, that's, the way. that's, uh, yeah. that's that love of money and mm -hmm. being covetous. I mean, that's sort of, that's not good. Mm -mm. You know, anyone that goes in the ministry with the ideal that this is going to be a cush job. Uh, hey, if you, you want to make big money, do not go into don't the ministry. Go into ministry. That's Please not, that's do not try not, to do that. It's you know, not going to get you the money. Uh, I, you know, I have, I have been, you know, in places where, you know, you're, you, you're pastoring. Like when I was on the coast, you know, we're pastoring about 160 people, but um, you know, I made as much money in that sense. Mm -hmm. And this ain't anything to brag about, by no. the way. I made as much money as somebody in a church of 2,000. Yeah. And so what's the difference? Because that church of 2,000 has all kinds of full-time staff people. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so, if, the, yeah. so, no, people don't go into the ministry for the money. No. You well, know. And I, I, I think uh, Scripture kind of alludes to that, too, is that, you know, I look at verses like freely you have get, been given, or freely you have received, freely give. I look at uh, different types of scriptures in there. I, I look at the the lives of Paul and Jesus himself, oh, yeah, who that. had to be a carpenter, <laughs> had to be a tent maker in order to to make things work. And I and I know uh, just happened. You, you know, you you and your your wife and uh, and your family, they all have to work. Yes, they yes, go out and have, work. We have jobs. Yeah, we we do that. And and, and it's not that the church here doesn't give me a salary, and I don't get benefit from it. It's not that, but you know, I I don't expect the church to pay for my health insurance. I don't mm. expect them to pay for my retirement. Yeah, I, I don't I don't do that. Now there are other pastors who would emphasize and want those things. Mm -hmm. I've just chose to do it differently. Uh, whether that's right or wrong, that's neither here nor there. I Paul uh, went into professions to make tents and do things like that, so he would not be a burden to the mm -hmm. church. Yeah, and provide an example for people to get jobs and work. And, uh, and, and so that, that, you know, there, there's that I've, I've kind of chose that model more than any other. Yeah. Now, if I were in a position to where the church was saying, Hey, we want you, uh, not to work any kind of job mm -hmm. whatsoever. And, uh, and they were going to compensate me to the point where I wouldn't have to worry about insurance and other things of that nature. Well, then I would have to cross that bridge when it came. Sure. But you know, but I, I'm gonna tell you what. There's not there's not a lot now, unless you're unless you're Joel Osteen or yeah. somebody uh, big. But then again, I I can't say that for Joel Osteen as well. I'm sure he 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 writes books and all this time. Yeah. And his wife writes. Well, books. he doesn't get a salary from the church. He gets yeah. his proceeds from the books he writes. Yeah, which that's his prerogative. That's, I guess that must be his uh, his uh, uh, you know. Uh, I don't know what you want to call it. Well, but, you His know, job but, is, you know. Well, maybe we ought to say this too, and, and this is not meant to be negative. I, I don't. This is not meant to be negative, and this is not because I'm envious of anybody. But everyone knows who the rich and the famous, the television show. I don't know if it still plays anymore. Yeah. Uh, and what it does, it shows you these ridiculously wealthy people, mm. the houses they live in that you can't even comprehend. And uh, and all the different lavish lifestyles they have, and, and and those are you know the extremely wealthy in our country, you know. Yeah. And I mean, you know, the billionaire clubs and stuff like that. When you're watching Christian television, that's what you're watching. You're watching the rich and the famous. Now, I'm not criticizing that, but poor people are not on television. No, I, I'm. We're not. Our church is not on television. I mean, we're on no, Facebook. We're on Facebook, but we're not. I mean, that, that, you it, get it that a lot cheaper. of money yeah. know, to do that. And I'm not saying that that's bad. Uh, you know, my pastor, uh, Brother Flowers, uh, B.F. Flowers, mm -hmm. told me when I was a young man, and, and I've always uh, adhered to this, he said, Paul, whatever you do, 
He said, don't make yourself famous. Mm-mm. He said, don't, if you, if you become famous, that's one thing, but by no, you know, thing of your own. Yeah. You know, people like you and it somehow another happens. Somehow, yeah. But, but so. don't try to make yourself famous. And, and he, because the point was, you'll make compromises along the way if you do. Billy Graham said it this way. He said, whatever it takes to be successful is, is, whatever, is what it takes to stay successful. So mm-hmm. if you're not comfortable with what it took to make you successful, then don't do it. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that, that's that's whatever. Good so so be be comfortable. If you become successful doing what you love and what you <laughs> believe is morally right and what is correct according to scripture, mm-hmm. fine. But if you're using gimmicks and and all kinds of stuff, yeah, well, you're gonna have to keep on doing all that if you want to keep it. Yeah, and to to me, if we say if we're having to use gimmicks, it's something that had to be made up. It had to be. It's not truth. It's not re. It's not real. But yeah. yeah. Well, you know, in this this little like I said, this little this is just an, in my Lagos uh Bible uh program, mm-hmm. uh I this is where we pull this off of. It's just the uh, outline of every book you're there. He just kind of breaks it down for it's it's kind of a neat little thing. And in, I like how he put it right here, he must not be a heavy drinker. And this is a, a question that has come up in, in our church. Yeah. Um, as to well, what, what where do we stand on that? You know, mm-hmm. and um, and how I have phrased it. This is how I I dealt with this issue. Uh, the Bible does not ever say you cannot drink. No, it there, there's nothing in Scripture that says you can as a believer. Even as a leader, it just says you should not be addicted to much wine. Yeah. Um, you know, so, and, and, and of course people ask, well, what about hard liquor? What about beer? And what about this and that, whatever? And the, the prohibition is drunkenness. Mm-hmm. That, that is the prohibition. Paul said, do not be drunk with wine, which is excess, but be filled with the spirit. So mm-hmm. drunk. And, and then there's works of the flesh that are dealt with. And some of the vice of Paul, no drunkard will inherit the kingdom of God. So we're not to, to be those kind of people. And how that we finally, you know, because we had pressure, there were people who, well, how do I say this? The guy that was here before me talked openly about drinking from the pulpit. Wow. And uh, and he uh, would socially drink at, at members' houses mm-hmm. and would also, uh, he had no qualms about getting a drink at Chili's. Now, if, if if he feels a Christian liberty to that, that's between him and God. I disagree with it. Yeah. I believe it's a misuse of Christian liberty. Yes. Um, and, and, and the reason why I say that is because if someone sees me in Chili's having a margarita, mm-hmm. you know, um, I may have just given someone license to do something that they have no control over. Yeah. And I think it's a poor example of what a leader in a church should be. And so how we've dealt with it in our church is I said, look, if you feel the liberty to drink, mm-hmm. if you feel that, if, if you feel that's a Christian liberty, I cannot argue with you about it. I'm not going to tell you it's sinful. Drunkenness is sinful. Yeah. Uh, I could argue with you that you're taking a big chance that doesn't degrade into that. Mm-hmm. But if you are self-controlled in it and everything like that, fine. I don't want to hear about it. I don't want you talking about it, and I don't want to see you in Chili's drinking. No, or posting want, pictures or of posting yourself pictures of on, it on the Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, and I said, we, no, we, we don't do that. If you want to do something in the privacy of your own home, mm-hmm. there's a lot of things that we do in the privacy of our own home that we don't do other places. So if you want to do that, uh, that's between you and God. But once it gets beyond that, yeah, then that's going to be a problem. We do not believe in social drinking as a Christian liberty. Yeah, and some people have a different opinion of that, but that's a standard for River of Life Church. That's you know, and I realize that there will be churches that will take a different role on that. But mm-hmm. but I think if you're going to a church that has a standard like we have, or let's say you go to a church that has a standard of abstinence, mm-hmm. we don't drink at all. If you're going to be a part of that body, you need to submit to that. Yes. Even if you don't think it's necessary, because the issue of drinking to me is a no issue, mm-hmm. whether we do or we don't. 
you know, it's 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 <clears throat> it's really kind of a fruitless thing to have to get into. Yeah. What we don't want to do is we don't want to be a negative example. No. Uh, to other people. No, and it, you know it. It brings to mind, and I'm I'm going to kind of go a little bit uh, deeper with this. Is that when Jesus was talking about children, he looks at it and he says that if anyone offend them, if anyone offends them, yes. you might as well go ahead and tie a rope around his neck to a millstone and throw him off himself off into the sea. Be drowned. Yeah. Be drowned. He did not want those children, no. and uh, there's we got to understand. <clears throat> sorry. That within the body of Christ, there are children, uh, not not just physical children, but there are children in God that are looking for direction and help. They want to know, they want to serve God, but they want to understand what the right way is and what they should. Now, if we're over there and say, well, and then, you know, like you said, if somebody was... Um, Say, say if they had a, a, an issue with addiction, yeah, in in many forms, and then you're out there, uh, out there openly drinking and laughing and everything else like that, posting the pictures on Facebook and all that. They think, oh, it's okay. I can go ahead and do that. I can go ahead and do that. But yet they're going to fall into a temptation. Oh yeah, they're going to fall into a snare of the devil. Yeah, I mean we have in our church uh, recovering alcoholics. Mm -hmm. Uh, people that, you know, I mean, we had terrible issues. Uh, people who had terrible issues with drugs. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, and what we don't want to do is we don't want to do anything to uh, to hurt them. No. You know, and, and you know, and, 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 and get some form of deception in there. Well, hey, your pastor does it. Your mm -hmm. leaders do it. It should be okay with you. And maybe they should have better sense than that. We could say that. But you know what? That, that's that's an issue. Now let me let me put it in a different way. Let's just say that I want to wear my Tabasco tie. Okay. And somebody doesn't like my Tabasco tie. I don't know how to say this, and it will sound uh, not ugly. I don't really care. <laughs> that is not an issue of that, Christian that, liberty. That, that, yeah. Yeah. Your preference on what I wear, or mm -hmm. my preference on what you wear, if it's modest. Yes. That's the only preference we should have. Yeah. Not that I don't like the color of your shirt. Yeah. You know, yeah. that's crazy. That, that, you know, and if, <laughs> if somebody has enough time to be worrying about that, they really need to get something yeah, there's some, a, something the, busy on something else. Okay, one last thing on this uh, that I want to go ahead and try to cover um, on, the, on these qualifications before we move on to the next piece here is he must... Okay, uh, the verse 6 is not a novice in NKJV, but on our list here it says he must not be a new Christian. Exactly. Now this is a strange uh this is a strange uh, concept here. Um how do you define what that means? I mean, what kind of duration? To me, that as somebody just got saved last week and decided he's going yeah. to become a pastor this week. The because like, week. like say Paul in, in the, the Thessalonian church, mm -hmm. um, he was only there three weeks. Yeah. These are three-week-old babies in Christ. Uh, and, of course, he wrote two letters to them. Yeah. Because they were a little messed up in their eschatology. Or that is their view of end-time events. Okay. And uh, and specifically about the rapture of the church, also the second coming, mm -hmm. when the Antichrist was going to be here, the tribulation. Anyway, they were a little bit jacked up in there. And they had help, you know. So that means that Paul had to have spoke to him about it. Yeah. So somebody just came and did something they shouldn't have done. Mm -hmm. So in that respect right there, you know, Paul had to leave somebody in charge. Now, maybe they weren't a full bump. Esther, mm -hmm. but there is a reason why he wrote two letters, and there were other people that that came through, but but that is you know we're not talking about being in the early church, mm -hmm. uh, so maybe some of the time frames in the early church as it relates to a new convert might be a little different than our ideal about it now, but I think we can safely assume that no one needs to be a pastor who has not uh, walked with God for a little while. I mean, it's not about the age. It's just, you know, they, they, they've had proper training. Yes. Um, they, you know, and, and these are things that I, I'm very, I'm very passionate about. I, mm -hmm. I, uh, 
you know, I realized that things were a little different when I first got into ministry and stuff. And I was the first of my generation to go to Bible college. Okay. You know, out of all the preachers and pastors we yeah. ever had, none of them ever went. Mm -hmm. And I'm not, we had some really good pastors in my, my family. I mean, mm -hmm. very, very good. I mean, uh, and, um, and, and, you know, but, uh, but I see the need for people to be educated. Oh, uh, they need to be trained. Um, and, uh, and if, if, if people were trained, we would not have as many problems as we have. And I, you're, you're, you're talking, you're, you're touching on something there that I think is, is really important for us to, to understand. Now, when we're talking and in Ephesians talks about is for the perfecting of the same or for, you know, um, uh, you know, that we have some apostles and all this and some pastors. When we're talking about sound doctrine, when we're talking yeah. about good doctrine, you can't get that after you've just been born no, again. No, no, it takes a while. It takes a while. You need to be trained. There needs to be, you need to be discipled. Well, I mean, so, how so, can you preach the full counsel of God if you don't know what the full counsel of God is? Exactly. <laughs> so, well, have you read your Bible? Well, you know, it's good. I read the Gospel of John. Well, that's wonderful. Well, it's that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but that's <laughs> but have you read the rest of yeah, it? You're, yeah, <laughs> you know, and it's a you know, I, I had uh, I had one guy what used to joke. He says it's it's always wonderful when pastors are saved. Yeah, <laughs> and I laughed. I'm over here laughing, and he says, "Yeah." He says it also is wonderful when pastors know the Bible. Yeah, when they've read the Bible, when they're in it, and it is good. And that's what we need: sound doctrine. Because what's going to end up happening is if you get a novice in. Now let's just draw a picture. You get a, a guy just got saved last week. He jumps in, oh, I feel that God wants me to be a pastor. I'm going to start, you know. So he starts trying to pastor a church. What what can you visualize what's going to happen? He's going to preach what little knowledge of the Bible he has. He's going to run out of things to talk about real quick. Yes. And, uh, and if he has to preach any amount of time, he's probably going to have a crisis moment where he realizes it, this would be positive. Mm -hmm. A crisis moment that he needs help. Yeah. You know, Charles Spurgeon said this. I, I believe it was Charles Spurgeon who said it. That um, when he went to the church there in uh, New York, mm -hmm. his his uh, deacon board, and this was an established church. He was in his 20s. Mm -hmm. He wasn't a novice, but he wasn't, he wasn't what they had. Yeah. And... Um, they they looked at him and said, you know, you you've been elected to this church. Mm -hmm. You are not qualified to really pastor this church. You don't have the experience. You don't have. I mean, you have a great knowledge of God's word, and we're impressed with that. Yeah. But you don't have the experience to pastor a church such as this. Yeah. And then they said, this is what we're going to do for you. We're going to help you. And you know what? We can say the rest is history of Charles Spurgeon, the prince of preachers who built a massive ministry. Uh, God used him tremendously. He pops up every day on my Logos program. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and all like that. But you know what? That's, 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 that's the kind of church. Those are the churches we need. We need deacon boards. Mm -hmm that are there to assist the pastor. Yeah. They're not there to run the pastor. They're there to, 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 to help him. And if a pastor is smart enough and uh, he'll look at his, he'll look, he'll, he'll view his deacon board is before I do anything wild and weird, I might want to run it by them first yeah. and, and honestly get their opinion. And, uh, and, and so th that's, that's how there's safety in a local church. Okay. Especially one that's functioning the way it should. Okay. So, Okay, so we had the local church, and you know, we, we talked about the qualifications of a pastor. Um, now, and what, what, what kind of a person, what person should be as a pastor? The pastor is a shepherd. He's kind of the firewall. We talked about that, uh, to protecting from outside invaders or what have you. Um, now, let's, let's talk about the organization 
the structure of a, of a local church, the structure of the way things should be. I, I, and uh, we were talking about this some before we started uh, recording the telecast or the podcast today. And um, so we were talking about the Moses model in how that the Moses and Jethro, what happened is the story goes <clears throat> in the scripture is that Moses, the, there was a huge amount of people in Israel. They were all trying to come to Moses for something and it was overbearing. So his, his father-in-law Jethro called him aside and began to talk to him about getting a structure Yes. Within the, he says that he was going to appoint some over hundreds, some over fifties, some or whatever the numbers that were going to be. In other words, it became where um, where there had to be some organizational structure to it. Um, and you know, if you're running a church of five people, you're not going to have necessarily that situation. But say if you're Joel Osteen or whoever running a mega church, you're going to have pastors and stuff that are trying to help. And like you said, you need people there to help with uh, to manage things. You have people over uh, bus ministry. You have people over, um, you know, over music or the the musicians or the praise and worship or, or that type of thing. But you have people that are in their positions now. One thing that we did talk about, and I, I was going to talk about this, and I think this really needs to be brought out, is there is an authority in this. There's an, a, a, a structure. There's an authority in the structure that's built. Now, that doesn't mean pastor's God. That doesn't mean pastor's a dictator. None of that. But the thing is, there has to be a respect yes. of authority. Well, you know, the old old statement that, that everyone can relate to, anything that has more than one head is a freak. Um, you know, and, yeah. and when you relate it to church, you know, someone said, well, we're all, you know, we're answerable to God. Well, what does that mean? I mean, answerable to God. Did he come down in the flesh and talk to you? I mean, that's, that's kind of a silly kind of a notion. We're mm -hmm. all accountable to God. We're Christians. We put our faith in Jesus mm -hmm. for our salvation. But God has a structure in the Word yes. that's very clear as it relates to uh, church and the local church and how it operates. Ephesians 4 is a great model, you yes, know, right yes, there. Yes. Paul's uh, writings to Timothy and Titus mm -hmm. and how the... He told Titus, he said, look, he said... I want you, and he, he left him in Crete on a third missionary journey. Yeah. You know, because they went to Crete, they established numerous churches there. Mm -hmm. And he said, I, and he writes a letter to him, I left you there so that you could continue the work we started. Notice he didn't say just I started. Yeah. We started it. Yes. And he said, I left you there. Now, there's no, there's no doubt who the authority is. It's the Apostle Paul. Sure. But I left you there so that you could appoint elders in every church mm -hmm. and then he gave qualifications for and elder is sort of similar basically pastors we're gonna we're gonna put pastors in every church and he gave qualifications he talked about yeah. structure in a church how things ought to operate uh, to the corinthians he even dealt with issues with uh, what we call communion the lord's supper how that yes. would operate, would operate yeah. he talked about some of the negative connotations when it don't work the way it's supposed to yeah uh, the the gifts of the Holy Spirit uh, defined pretty uh, in chapter 12, 1 Corinthians 12, mm -hmm. but the, and then chapter 13 seems to indicate a love element and the, the yeah. motivation should always be to better somebody else. Yes. And then 14, there's regulations. There's rules. There's rules. I mean, there's just flat out rules. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 I mean there's, it, there's different interpretations on some of them. I get this. Yeah. Uh, what does it mean that you know one can give a you know a message in tongues? You should be no more than two or three. Yeah. Does that mean two or three at a time, or is that two or three individuals? Yeah. Either way it goes, eventually somebody's going to have to say, "Hey, you sit down." Yeah. You, know, you know, and, yeah. And, and 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 I've been there in that situation and had to do that before. Wow. And uh, I, I have a rule, and and I've I followed in in the, in the church here and in any church I've ever been in, and that is that. When I take the pulpit, 
In other words, I start. Yes. Not that I'm just standing behind it because sometimes we may have worship and things may happen. Sure. But when I take it, I refuse to be interrupted. Yes. I don't care who it is. Yeah. It that does not be, matter. Yeah, that's the way it should and, be. Yeah. Uh, and I, I've had to stop people before I say, hey, could you, and, I, and I don't do it mean, mm-hmm. hey, could you hold that? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and just stop it. And normally after you do that one or two times, you don't have a problem with it ever again. Yeah. But, but, but you know, it, it's just one of those things. I had a situation with a lady, and she started her message in tongues and I I just started I just started to say something and I stopped her right in mid thing I said hey and I called her by name I said this is not the time yeah you need to you need to stop and then at the end of the, the service mm-hmm. was just coming back I felt the Lord and you know direct me to do this and I called her by name I said what you did earlier was out of out of order because it was not the right time Mm-hmm. But if you still have it, you can give it now. And you know what? To her credit, she did. She did, and, and, and she that lady loves me to this day. I've okay, been her well, pastor for years, <laughs> and you know. But but you know what that did? Mm. It taught people that somebody's got to be in charge. Yeah, somebody has to. Well, be. somebody has to be in charge, but God institutes that. Yes, yes, and that's what I'm saying. Um, and, and people will say, "Well, you know, you're not God." Well, no, I'm not God. No, I know but that. God has has put you in your position yeah, but, at this time yeah. to, to do what you're supposed to do. And that's true of any church, by the way. Yeah. Uh, somebody has to be the head of it. Somebody, you know, another way to say it this way is who makes the final decision? Yeah. That's who's running the church or organization. Absolutely. It don't matter what your title is at that yes. point. Moment, who, yes. Who, where does the buck stop? Where does everybody <laughs> look? You know, yeah. and, and if you're in a board meeting and uh, and you're proposing something and everybody are going to have to decide on it and they all look at a certain board member, that dude's in charge. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so that's just the way it is. <laughs> now, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we used to travel as evangelists and, and uh, speaking in different churches and all that. And... When we went there, we we understood. Now, and this is I think this is from this perspective I can explain it best is that we understood that when you go into a local body, when you go into church, you're going to speak in that church. That first of all, you respect that pastor. Yeah. If you don't have respect for that pastor, you have no business going in to speak in that church. No. You need to respect the authority or the spiritual authority that God has given there. In other words, when the pastor was talking, he was the authority. He's talking right there. When he says, Steve, it's time for you to preach or, or, or go ahead and sing or whatever, or do your thing. At that time, we have been given the, um, what's the word for it? Uh, license. We've been given the instruction to go ahead and go from that point. Now, if we usurp that, in the script, we have just committed an uh, an issue, not only confusing, but it, we've also done something that's that I don't, I'm 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 positive God didn't want, and oh, yeah. I'm positive God would not respect. God, it, God institutes authority, and structure, and He expects us to respect that. So, in other words. You, you need to respect your pastor. And I'm sorry, I'm just going to speak out here. You need to respect your pastor. Now, and the thing is, it's like you were talking about during, if the pastor's preaching, you don't get up and shout. You don't get up and, and take over the, uh, the show. You don't get up and, you know, even as, as a musician, as a, you know, I'm going to tell you, there have been times, and not here, there have been times other places where I've been playing and all that type of stuff like that. And I've had to literally, I may not have agreed, but I shut my mouth or I, 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 I held my position because I recognized God's authority structure in that church. Now, at the time that I started usurping that, that's the time I get out of favor with God. Oh, yeah, you can, you can be... How about, I, I, I told my kids this sometimes. It's possible to be right and wrong at the at the same mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you can, you, and, and I've heard other people say it like this. 
you need to stay in your lane. You know, yes, this I is like a that. fun, okay. you know, kind of a fun thing. I've had people tell me that before, you know, just joking. And I said, hey, I can do this. Pastor, you stay in your lane. Mm -hmm. In other words, they were just saying, this is what, you know, I'm doing, you, you know, making the coffee or something like that. That was their little thing, you know. Yeah. And and we have people that do communion. I don't, I love to put communion together. Yeah. To me, it's holy. Mm -hmm. But I don't do it anymore. I let other people do it. Yes. I, I enjoy it. And you know what? They love it. Mm -hmm. And I never have to think about it ever again because they're like clockwork and yeah. uh, they just do it. Uh, but uh, yeah, that, that, that's, that's, that, that's funny right there. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah, but you know, so yeah, there has to be a, uh, a, a respect there. I, you know, I'm always, when it, when it comes to the people that are under my authority in the sense of they go to my church, mm -hmm. I have, I don't look at them as under, maybe under authority is that is a, a biblical term, but yeah. I look at it this way. I'm accountable to them yes, and to watch for their souls, you know, and so I'm there to help them, protect them, mm -hmm. feed them. That's how I view it. I don't, I view myself as their servant more than anything. When it comes to other ministers mm -hmm. and, you know, and that, I'm not as, how does it work? What's the word I can use? Like a guest speaker. Yes. I've had to deal with this before. Uh, and, and this would be with the supposedly evangelist, even though they're really not doing evangelism like mm -hmm. we, like the Bible defines it, but that's what they're called. Anyway, and the, and they'll come in and they will kind of get a little horsey here and there. I don't show them the, the deference that I do to the people I pastor, mm -hmm. you know, patient and kind and well, let's see if we can work this out, you know, and all that. No, no, we don't do that. Uh, I, I, I'm very upfront with people. Sure. I had a guy come in and look, he told me, well, I want your wife to sing such and such songs and I want, and I, and I don't want you to take an offering up. And he was really ugly about it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, what Whoa. did you fall off of? You know? <laughs> and I, and I'm sat there and, you know, I was a little bit younger man at uh -huh. that time. And, and, you know, and, uh, and, and so he went and I said, well, first of all, as it relates to the songs you want to sing, I said, uh, we'll have to talk to Carol, and if she's agreeable to that, I, I, I don't care. As it relates to an offering, I said, we will take up an offering in this church. Mm -hmm. And uh, and if you want to take up an offering at the end, that is fine. What he didn't know is that we had already determined an amount that we were going to give him, which was far more than he thought he was going to get. Yeah. And Because uh, we've always taken care of our guest speakers. We give them up and up beyond yeah. what most churches would ever give them. But, mm -hmm. you know, but he, he just had a certain ideal. And I had to let him, without saying it, I didn't have to say, hey, look, I'm the pastor of this church, buddy. Mm -hmm. and But I didn't want him. I could see his attitude wasn't right. Yeah, I came very close to just, saying, to just telling him, no, writing him out a check and tell him to get out. Yeah, and uh, and to be honest with you, if I had not been in my early thirties at that point, mm -hmm. um, I'm fifty five years old. I would have just told him to just go ahead and go, and we'll just say you had a another situation that came up. And mm -hmm. that situation was the pastor could let you preach again. Let you preach again. No, <laughs> you know, but but I would have done. But but you know, at that point, I just wasn't. You know, you grow in wisdom as time goes on. Mm -hmm. And I'm always nice to guest speakers. I'm always. I try to treat oh, yeah. them way beyond whatever they would think. But when I get one, and it does happen occasionally. That something like that happens, mm -hmm. my single thing is I am going to protect the church. Yeah, and uh, and, and I, that, that's yeah, that's, and I, that's good. My job. And um, it, it kind of brings uh, to memory, you know, like uh, Jesus talked about the shepherd being over the sheep. What is the if a wolf tries to come in? What is that shepherd going to do with that wolf? Well, he's going to run it off or kill it. I mean, in a natural sense. In I a mean, natural you, sense. You know, if you're like David and you're out there keeping sheep, yeah. uh, you have a bear that grabs one, you have a lion that grabs one, mm -hmm. you go over and get it from the lion and you kill the lion, you kill the bear. Now, I know that's supernatural and God helped him. Yeah, of course. But, but the, the point of it is they weren't even his sheep. Yeah. He was never even going to inherit them. Well, you know, in a, in a church, the people that you have, they're not yours. You don't own them. Mm -hmm. They're God's children, but he's giving you responsibility for them. And so you're, in, in a sense, maybe a true perspective, you're an under-shepherd. 
Yeah. You know, he's the great shepherd. And, and so you're there taking care of them. And you and I'll give an account of how I did that. Sure. Not just what I preached, not what I taught, mm -hmm. how I treated people, how I helped them to grow. Yeah. And uh, and whether we as a church did the mission that he gave us in yeah. Matthew 28. And, uh, and and so, you know, and, and I have to give an account for their souls. Yes. Um, and, uh, and, and so I want to make sure I do that, you know, great. You know, we talked about protection. The, the thought that came to my mind was during COVID. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, and, and that is such a, such a, a rough thing that hit, well, it hit the whole world, but, but, sure. you know, it hit a lot of churches, you know, almost every, I don't know of any church that hadn't been affected by it. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and up to this point, and I don't think it's going to change because it looks like that's dwindling, even mm -hmm. though we have threats that something worse. Yeah, yeah, who knows is. what to make of that? Yeah. But um, but anyway, um, you know, during the time uh, we had four people during the uh, Delta uh, virus, mm -hmm. you know, I mean the uh, the what do you call it uh, variant? Sure. And uh, and uh, four people. One of those was me. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and we had uh, uh, three other people that were hospitalized, mm -hmm. serious problems. Yeah, uh, we had a number of people that just got COVID and never went to the hospital. But I'm just talking about, you know, it's bad. Yeah, I mean, you know, they didn't, they really weren't sure how it was going to work for me. They weren't expecting me to live. They, they, they did not give me a good prognosis at all. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was not. God had mercy on me. He had mercy on the other three. Sure, and we're very thankful for that. Um, and, uh, you know, one of the things that, you know, when I got out of the hospital and I was, you know, you're not a hundred percent by any stretch of the imagination. Mm -hmm. You're good enough that you don't have to be hospitalized. That doesn't mean you're not still sick. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just means you're, you're, you're good enough to be out there. I spent a number of time praying and, you know, praying for people. One individual, it looked like he was dead. He went home, and I mean, I and I and I had problems with him. He's out out of fellowship with us right now. Yeah, and prayed for him that God would spare his life, and he would have an encounter with God. And I just asked the Lord to do for him what He did for me. Sure. And I mean, I mean, we we many prayers were offered. I'm not bragging. I'm just saying mm -hmm. many prayers were offered in this office for people like that. Yes. God delivered every one of them. Now that guy's not coming to our church right now, yeah. you know, and uh, and so one of the things I reminded the Lord is that if you raised him up from basically dead, mm -hmm. then I have to believe that you have an encounter with him that's coming. Yes. You know, so you didn't half answer that prayer. You know, you did it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, but that's what your pastor should be doing for you. He should be praying for you. Yes. And, uh, and, and it's not just when you're sick. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, like I said, we've ever had to deal with leaders. There's prayer that goes into that. Yes. There's a, a lot of heart searching on my end. Do I have the right perspective about this? Mm -hmm. Am I being a little nearsighted on it? You know, and I mean, yeah. you check your heart to make sure. And uh, because once again, I'm going to stand before God one day and answer for that. Yeah. yeah and plus, I love these people and I want, I want to do the right thing. Yeah. It's just like with your children, you know, when you're raising them. I mean, if you love your children, you do have to discipline them from time to time. Mm -hmm. But but you always want to check your heart when you do. Yeah. You want to make sure you're being fair. You yeah. want to make sure That's you're true. doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. And you know, we don't spank people in the church or <laughs> <laughs> no. anything like that. Though that might be effective, mm -hmm. but uh but no, we don't do that. But we want, but we we do have their best interest in mind. If you mm -hmm. love people, you you want to put them first. You want to Make sure that you prefer them above yourself. Yes. And uh, yeah, that's, and that's good. good for any Christian. Totally absolutely, absolutely. All right. Well, I tell you what. Our I'm looking at the old clock, and our time has uh, uh, we've we've gone after this for some. There's there are another couple of things I wanted to talk about, but we'll have to deal with that in a future uh, podcast. But um, thank you, Pastor Paul, and that was pastors. So. Uh, uh, we're glad that to have you all uh, tuning in and, and the podcast. Uh, keep tuning in here. We're going to continue dealing with the fivefold ministry. Um, <clears throat> let me see. Uh, let me call out our, our um, website, feetontherock.org. 
And that is, uh, and that you, you can uh, get these podcasts. Please share these podcasts with other people. This is good stuff. I mean, God, God is bringing about a lot of good information out here uh, in the exchange and what we're talking about. So uh, others do need to hear. So, um, uh, and I think we, we even have a, um, a seminar coming up. Our first, well, what uh, God kind of led me to do is to, uh, uh, it, it was, it's basically called back to basics, back to basics. And we're going to have a seminar here at the church in, um, in May, May 13th through the uh, 15th, I believe. Uh, and we're going to be talking about how to effectively study the Bible. Now, um, we're, we're going to see how these roll. And, uh, I believe God is kind of birthing a few things here. And we're going to be uh, to doing that and probably additional things in the future. But keep in touch. Keep, uh, keep in touch with our, um, our website. And if you're not in the area or what have you, uh, you know, that's great. We, we, uh, we believe that as I look at the, uh, the map here, I see people all the way in Brussels, Belgium, which is just amazing. Stockholm, Sweden, listening to the podcast. And uh, that's God, you know, and people are just, they're downloading, they're listening. And I mean, if a word spoken in season is there, that, that's, that's a blessing. That's what we're doing this for. So anyway, well, we'll we will uh, uh, tune in next week and we're going to have another. We're going to go on and talk about teachers next week. So God bless you. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see you next week. God bless you. Bye-bye.